This is Curated Chill, the Aspire Design and Home Podcast. I'm Josh Cooperman, Director of Broadcast Media for Hudson One Media and host of Curated Chill. And every week, we will bring you stories from across the country and around the world showcasing amazing creatives and locations. In this episode of Curated Chill, the Aspire Design and Home Podcast, you will hear from design luminaries. We met at the most recent Design Chicago, including Christopher Peacock, as he shares his views of what it means to re-merchandise his showrooms to reflect new ideas. Ariana Masu from Taiping Carpets on what it means to produce luxury, sustainable carpets for a demanding design trade. Shayla Kopis on introducing new ideas to her clients that have been starving for design. And finally, Tom Riker and James Dolans from James Thomas Interiors and their thoughts on what's next for the industry. We have a jam-packed episode here recorded live from the Mart during a triumphant return to Design Chicago that included panel discussions, personal interviews, showroom gatherings, and a mushroom latte that was simply divine. This is the first of a series of conversations from Design Chicago, so sit back or keep driving, hiking, working, working out, or whatever it is you're doing while you listen to this episode of Curated Chill the Aspire Design and Home Podcast. We'll get this going with Christopher Peacock right after this. Now, more than ever before, it's so important to take care of the fabrics that make up incredible design. High quality furnishings are an investment. As with any investment, you need to protect it. Removing stains is easy with Fiber Seal, and the most talented designers will tell you that caring for the fabric is critical to its longevity. Just about every homeowner will tell you that stains happen. Protecting fine furnishings with Fiber Seal gives your clients the best opportunity for success in stain removal. Designers, recommend to your clients that they protect their fine furnishings with Fiber Seal. Why? Well, Fiber Seal is a suite of products, protective treatments, at home care products, as well as superior customer service. And the most popular products are Green Guard Gold Certified. Each treatment comes with superior service from a company dedicated to protecting your fine fabrics, carpets, and rugs from stains and environmental factors that damage fine textiles. You can work with Fiber Seal for pre-testing before you make your textile selects. They are industry partners of both ASID and the Interior Design Society. So, they understand the needs of the design community and how to care for fine furnishings. Visit FiberSeal online to learn more about how it works. You can also connect online FiberSealNortheast.com and on Instagram at FiberSealNortheast. So Christopher, I'm, I'm thrilled that we get a chance to talk today. And it's, it's interesting. We're at Design Chicago. Yes. We're at the Mart. Love being here. And I, I feel compelled to, to mention, and I've mentioned it all week, and my hope is that after this week, it doesn't ever come up again, but this is our first time back together yes, and in person. Yes. And I think it's important to sort of talk about the how and the why and how it makes us feel, because I, I think we should all remember it. Oh, my God. I mean, so I have a, you know, a very, very long history with the Mart and a very uh, fond history of the Mart. Um, it was the first location that I opened up outside of my own area when I first started my company, so 20-something years ago now. Um, so I've been coming here a long time. So, so in that sense, 
um, to not be here for two years essentially was you know I think while while we're all hunkered down we're all not realizing we know we're missing things but we're not necessarily understanding what we're missing and you know walking in here this morning and going to my showroom and seeing you know my staff basically my who are my friends really um, who I hadn't seen for two years it was really something um, and now to walk around the building and to see how vibrant the building is and to see you know this amazing scene behind me and, and it's just fantastic so I didn't realize actually how how powerful that was until I came back here so I, I agree with you I, I, I would love to think that we never have this conversation again um, in the nicest possible way yeah and sort of dovetailing into that idea the mart what a what a remarkable building I mean just just the structure itself right you you walk around and you're 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 exposed to all of this incredible architecture and the and the river and the L and the the sounds and the sights and then you walk inside and it's just it's magnificent in here and your showroom is absolutely stunning it's beautiful mm. and Design Chicago brings people together you know brings the trade together what is what is the significance of events like this and Design Chicago in the Mart what what is the significance of that um, well I think it's there there's sort of two different levels of that I mean um, purely from the event standpoint um, you know giving people the reason to gather again um, in an iconic building is uh, in itself kind of underpinning the importance of the design community and what we do and there is no better place to have this event you know it has to be here um, the Mart itself is Chicago to me I mean it was my really my first experience um, you know I'm, I'm an English guy right I've, I've lived here many years but to come to um, this city and to get to know Chicago as I've done over the years and you know Chicago has such a definite uh, personality about it that is embodied in this building quite frankly because it's everything it's an iconic building it's it's you know it's it's storied history um, it's position in the city next to the, the Chicago River um, the architecture of the building it's all of it you know and then you get inside it and now what you see is actually a very current vibrant um, you know kind of of the moment kind of feel about the place so it's very much uh, alive and kicking and and re represents what's happening now in the now you know as much as the fact that we're in this iconic historical space so for me it is it defines Chicago and and drilling down a bit further your showroom mm -hmm. you've been here a while yeah you've got time. you've got a lot of friends here you know the the, the being a designer has a certain skill set. Being a showroom owner mm -hmm. has an entirely different skill set. Talk to me about what what does it mean, and, and especially you know putting it in context, right? Of the way people shop now, mm -hmm. the way people specify, the way people find yeah. inspiration. It's very very different. Yeah. How does how does that guide you? to operate and program and merchandise the showroom? Well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, um, 
again, the last two years has changed everything and it's a permanent shift. So this was not a blip, this is forever, you know. Um, and, you know, being somebody that has 10 retail locations as we do, um, in, in very, in, you know, around the country, but in very different markets, I really had to kind of reevaluate and rethink how we're going to make it work because, um, you know, pre-COVID, pre uh, the mart was in many ways a mall. You know, it was a, for us at the, on the Lux home sort of floors of this, um, it was a high-end design center, but it had passing traffic. I mean, you know, going past our door every day was somebody who was going to work on the sixth floor or the 10th floor or whatever. And, and so we always had to navigate the crowd that were coming past our door. And for us, the challenge then was who's a client, who's not a client, who's shopping, who's not shopping. And, um, you know, we, we, it was just we had to really work hard at that to make sure that we were understanding that our clients were in amongst that and how to find our clients specifically because we're a very high-end company. Um, so now, um, you know, the question I've been asked many times, is it worth having a showroom? now because you can do everything virtually you can have you know you don't have to visit anymore you can well I, I couldn't disagree more with that it, it, it is so so important for us at least um, because we sell a product and it's experiential um, you have to kind of road test it so <coughs> excuse me so um, having the showroom there as a destination is really important you must okay. excuse me. That's all right. Take your time. I've got a frog in my throat. <coughs> there we go. Um, but what we found is, is that now our customers are taking the time to seek us out and to call ahead and to make appointments and kind of announce their arrival um, rather than just wandering in. So, so what's happened is, is we don't really have this uh, issue of sort of filtration of our clients anymore. They're, they're self-filtering in a way and that you know they I think now they understand that if they're gonna make a journey out if they're gonna make a journey to a large building um, they want to make sure that the the trip is planned and that we're available and so um, we want to make that experience really special for them when they arrive it's it's more focused than it's ever been and in fact it's better than it's ever been in that sense because now the people that come to us to talk to us are very serious about the conversation they're not shopping they're not time wasting um, and so in a way this this showroom management shift has been a very positive one for us it's so interesting something you just said they're they're not shopping they're buying yes and that is a wholesale shift. You've gone from, and it's, it's interesting, do you feel like that's changed you from being more of an entertainer with, within the showroom concept to being truly a partner in specification? Yes, I think absolutely it is because, um, I, th I mean, look, they're researching for sure. I mean, if shopping is researching in a sense, then they're, they're absolutely doing that. But they're doing that off-site and they're doing that by... Um, spending a lot of my time talking to people, getting references, um, you know, a lot of time on a computer. Um, so, so I think 
luxury brands um, like ours are sought after, but they're, they're hopefully sought after for the right reasons. And um, by the time somebody comes to us, they, their expectations are pretty much in place. Um, so it's less of an education or of a, a showtime moment, as it were, and much more of a, 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 a practical, real conversation about a project and about their project and how we may fit into their scheme. So talk to me about the product, because ultimately, you know, it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? I think, you know, sometimes it's like watching a battleship turn. It mm -hmm. doesn't happen quickly. No. But if you watch it from overhead, you see yeah. how it's happening. If you, hap if you see it from on board, you don't really notice it that much. There has been a wholesale change. And to your point, it's really interesting. The shopping takes place online. The conversations take place in person, beforehand, they come in, they're ready to go. They're sit testing sofas and chairs. They're, they're hand testing materials to see mm -hmm. what they feel like, mm -hmm. to see you know how the light bounces off, to see yeah. the detail, and they're making decisions. I think also because they have to. From a product standpoint, you can no longer sort of sit on things and, well, I think I like it, well, I may like it, well, guess what, it's gone. So, you know, next time you have to decide a little bit quicker if you want to get it by your target date. Yeah. From a product standpoint, product delivery, the products are showing. How has that changed and how are you adapting to that? Um, well, I mean, certainly, you know, we're not alone in this, but everybody is uh, finding it very challenging to do business in the sense that... Um, if you think about what we do, I mean, we're, we're a cabinet maker, essentially. I mean, we're a design company that you know, makes our own cabinetry. So we're, we're part of a much bigger project, typically. So we're not the only people involved. There's a general contractor. There are other materials. There are other um, things that need to be uh, procured um, to complete a project that we're involved in. And so we're only part of it. Um, What's so challenging at the moment is, is for the homeowner, if the homeowner wants to come in and, and remodel a kitchen, for example, there are so many aspects of that which are difficult. Just getting a plumber, just getting a good carpenter to show up, um, getting a GC, um, getting an architect. And so before anything even happens, you've, it's tough to assemble a team um, that has a realistic timeline. You know, you can't buy an appliance. Well, you can buy an appliance right now, you just won't get it for, you know, six to nine months um, so the challenge from our point of view is more logistical than anything else um, you know we make our own product so thank God for me as long as I can buy raw materials which we can um, I can you know make my end of the deal if you like but we're affected by so many other things so so currently it's a very challenging market to get anything done um, the difficulty with that is that the consumer, the homeowner, isn't necessarily as uh, educated as they should be about what that actually means in real life, you know. Um, so they still expect certain things to happen at certain times and it's not always able, possible to do that because, you know, we can't, for example, we can't finish a kitchen until there's a refrigerator. And if the fridge isn't coming for six months, then it's a challenge, you know. Um, so there's lots of different things at the moment which are making it tough to, to do business. Having said that, we've never seen so much business coming through our door. So 
um, the, the big difference is, is that people are valuing their homes, they're valuing their time at home, and they're making educated decisions and they're buying better products because they want to do it once and they want to do it right. And I think that sort of disposable thinking of like, you know, we'll, we'll do this and live with it for a few years is gone. Now everything's much more permanent. So it's, it's just a different environment. I mean, we're all working our way through it and it will calm down, I think. But um, yeah, it's a lot of it sort of uncharted waters for all of us. So true. And I'm looking forward to seeing you again here at Design Chicago next year when we're not talking about supply chain and we're not talking about these things, but we're actually getting back to how yeah. is design changing and how, mm. are, how are people taking what they've learned over the last two years mm. and how are designers helping them make it real? Yeah. Yeah, listen, I mean, for me, um, there is a design shift for sure in that, as I've said, people are really thinking carefully about how they spend the money and the design decisions that they make are well thought out, practical and long term. Um, so, which I think is a huge... Um, benefit of what we've all been through you know so all in all I, I mean uh, really the few as much as it sounds like it's you know the, everything's a mess really the future's never been brighter I think because out of out of adversity comes you know invention and and um, what's happening all around me is is people are figuring out new ways to adapt and to be better and that's always exciting. So I think for me, it's, uh, it's actually a really good time to be doing this. Couldn't agree more. Christopher, thank you for taking the time to do this. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me along. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so first things first, welcome to Design Chicago. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. I'm, I'm happy to be here too. And if for no other reason than to see your lovely face outside of a computer screen <laughs> in three dimensions yes in three dim i feel the same way <laughs> do you know what's funny i am so tired of talking about it at the same time we kind of have to because i think it's important to acknowledge it yes. is important to acknowledge right and i think it's important to acknowledge too because look so we're starting to get outside now and people are saying you know i'm just tired of talking about the pandemic totally get it in five years from now when we have a little bit of distance between 2020, 2021, and 2026, 2027, I think it's really good to sort of settle a moment and appreciate what we have here. I completely agree. Right? There are things that I know I took for granted pre-pandemic about human interaction that I don't anymore. Um, you know, making eye contact in person and really, um, you know, for what we do being in front of product and um, not relying on the digital for every interaction has been really great to return to. Yeah, so, it, it yeah. has. Um, tell me about the business. Tell me about, specifically, mm -hmm. what does something like Design Chicago mean for you? What does it mean for the business? What does it mean for you personally? What does it mean for you professionally, getting out and, and seeing people again? Mm -hmm. uh, well, it means a lot. I mean, I came in from New York, where uh, our flagship showrooms are for Taiping and Edward Fields. Um, we have a wonderful showroom here in Chicago. Um, with a really amazing team, uh, George Titterton and Mandy Briskovic. They work very hard to keep the showroom um, not just up and running, but constantly relevant, rotating product. They were here throughout the pandemic. Um, 
I don't think they missed a beat. So to be here with them and to feel their energy and to um, be able to relay that back to New York and to our, our other teams around the country is really critical right now. And uh, we're coming off of three other shows, um, you know, prior to Design Chicago. So it, it's a nice run that we're having this year so far. Let's talk about product. Mm-hmm. Tell me the, I am a suck, and for those listening to, to the podcast, you're going to hear how I'm a sucker for an origin story over and over and over. <laughs> there's something about starting a business. There's something about taking over a business. There's something about promoting a, an established brand, mm-hmm. and keeping it fresh, keeping it new, being able to deliver it, mm-hmm. being able to deliver it to your specifiers. But ultimately, it's about the product and the vision behind it. Tell me about the product. How much time do we have? It's a really long story. I'm going to just break it down. Um, into two very short stories, but um, they're both very rich histories. So we have our Taiping brand, which was established in 1956 in Hong Kong. And um, Taiping was and is a pioneer of hand-tufted carpets. Um, We're still based uh, in Hong Kong, and we have a state-of-the-art manufacturing facility in China. So we're a manufacturer as well as a design leader, which is something to be proud of. Um, Edward Fields was established in 1935, and Taiping was proud to acquire that brand. Um, That has an incredibly rich history as well. Um, Both brands developed hand-tufting. Um, that's now widely used in the industry and kind of we're using the same technologies around the same time periods. Um, so it makes so much sense that we're paired together. Um, we have uh, an incredible archive of hand-painted renderings that we refer to. Um, I train that way, you know, I'm aging myself a little bit, but I started as a hand-painted artist. Um, and, and it's been really exciting throughout my career to see um, the progression from drawing and painting by hand to integrating the computer and also how technology has evolved in the in the carpet world as well you know we're using um, machines more and more we're never losing the handcraft it's always a big part of what we do um, everywhere from the drawing of the designs on the canvas all the way to the hand finishing at the very end of the process but um, to be part of the it's really the future of uh, manufacturing is incredibly exciting and I, I love that you that you put a, a value on the handcrafted nature mm-hmm. of, of how you started. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important. And, you know, it's one of those things where as things get easier because mm-hmm. of technology, you also realize that there's a value in by hand. There is. Handcrafted. Yes. Offline, off the computer, off Absolutely. CAD. Absolutely. I still start by hand. I still sketch napkins, paper, whatever is on hand. And I do notice, you know, there's been a change in mentality as technology has become more um, integral into the process. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar, you know, people expect more faster um, because of the computer. Instead of, you know, in the hand-painted days, one version of a carpet, they, well, just show me five. You can just change the color and show me five and I'll pick from them. But I think that there's starting to see a little return to a more, a, sl- a slower process again, a slower, more decisive process. I think the pandemic has influenced that as well, and being more mindful of what of the choices you're making and um, of the sustainable nature of what you're buying. Um, so, isn't I'm I'm just kind of taking it in for a second. Isn't yeah. that isn't that interesting? The idea of let's just slow down for a minute because everything is so fast. Everything mm-hmm. has to be done now. You're spe- mm-hmm. I, and I, I wonder, 
what the industry is going to look like post, let's call it post supply chain pain. Mm -hmm. And as things get back to, uh, let's, let's just say after they get back under 20 weeks delivery time. <laughs> Okay. After we get plus or minus, yeah, <laughs> more plus than minus. <laughs> yes, but you know, a after right now, you kind of don't have a choice. Right. Um, there is more busy work, mm -hmm. and the busy work comes from what respecifying. Yes. Right. You, your designer looks at looks at a the designer looks at a looks at a drawing and shows it to the client. The client says, "Yes, I love it." Designer goes back to order. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> we, we don't we don't have that but it forces sort of this this zen moment where it's like okay look you can control the things you can control right uh, absolutely and i think um you know for what we everything we make is one of a kind made to order so we've always that's always been part of our mentality and i think our we've trained you know our clients and train them they our interior design and architect clients know that process and they can relay that to you know to the end user but i think I think even more so now there's even more time taken in the decision making process and tell me about tell me about the making process where's it made where are the materials from what's the process for for a designer who who wants to specify a, a, for a project uh, one of our carpets for a project well we source the finest materials um let's start with wool it's new zealand wool pure new zealand wool from new zealand very happy sheep that are eating clean grass and it's true because it influences the quality of the wool and you can see that in our carpets if you compare that to some you know other carpets in the industry we have a luster to our wool um, so the wool has to get cleaned a certain way carded spun into yarn um, it arrives in our factory in Xiamen, china and it's dyed made to order so um, it dyed in-house and um, with you know expert color matching we have integrated some technology with that as well but there's always a human eye involved and a master dyer um, the design is then transferred to a canvas and and then the um, tufter goes in with a tufting gun and literally paints with yarn to create um, to create the design uh, that comes off of a frame and the carpet is sheared, hand, um, you know, cleaned to specification with little scissors, multiple people who are skilled and have been doing this for decades. Um, and, and then it is shipped and I won't talk about how long it takes these days, but <laughs> shipped to your, to your home. Um, it, that is the process. And it's interesting yeah. because as I'm, as I'm listening to you explain the mm -hmm. whole process, what's, what's fascinating to me is, isn't it, isn't it funny? We never really thought about how the supply chain affects the business. It's like, mm -hmm. I work with the client, I specify it, mm -hmm. it gets delivered, and... <laughs> we're done. We're done. <laughs> Reveal, yay! <laughs> but New Zealand wool to China. And Chinese silk. We have other materials, but I'm going to start with wool because yeah. that's really our core material. Yeah, 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 no, totally yeah. get it. I'm just using <laughs> this one example, yes. right? Yeah. But then you also have lumber for framing, you have canvas, you have dyes mm -hmm. there then it has to get shipped elsewhere to wherever you're going. Um, and because everything's one-off, mm -hmm. um, I, I imagine that you've had to sort of retool, maybe not physically retool, mm -hmm. but, but sort of mentally retool how you work with your clients, how you work with your design and architecture clients to make sure that their clients understand and everyone leaves sort of with, maybe you're not happy that you can't get it right away because Everybody wants it now, right? <laughs> right. 
but that's not possible. That's right. So with that, and I, and I want to kind of come back to where we are here today, because this is one of those events, Design Chicago, where, you know, there are events around the country where that have become so important to make that, to have that FaceTime with somebody and say, right. hey, it's one thing to do it on a, on a Zoom call, right? Or to pick up the phone or to send an email saying this and this and this and this. Right. But it's another thing to sit here face to face, maybe over a, what, a mushroom latte? Isn't that what we're having? Maybe. Yeah. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> and to say, hey, listen, here's what's going on. Yes. And it's, again, it's kind of like that stopping down and, and resetting yes. in, in, in real time again. And it's been a while since we've done that. It's been a while and it is so nice to do it again. Um, like I said, the energy that we get from speaking to each other, I see, I feel in the showroom clients coming by, it's so critical to touch our product. Um, I should have, you know, I brought you a little swag bag. I should have put a little carpet in there, but you can stop by our showroom um, to do that. It's, there's only, we can communicate a lot digitally, but you can't communicate the touch and the feel of the material, the saturation of the color, what it looks like in a space in scale. Um, so, it's it's really critical for what we do. It is, yeah. it, it, it is. and so I'm I'm curious too. The has the has the discovery process changed? Well, I'm sure it has. How has the discovery process changed for you? Because it's so important. You know, doing a sit test or doing a feel test. You know, if you're a tactile person, you want to feel the wool, you want to feel it, or the silk, and you want to feel it under your hand. And you know, maybe look, maybe your client wants to kick the shoes off and, and, and walk on it. It happens all the time. It does, right? Roll around on it. Always. <laughs> yes. There's always one person who doesn't. <laughs> and I think there are going to be more mm-hmm. because we're kind of going back to, I, I feel like, and I'd love your take on this. I feel like luxury has a different definition now than it, than it did even as recently as three to five years ago. I think so too. Well, you know, one thing we did during the pandemic, um, which we recently launched at High Point under Edward Fields brand is develop another line that is um, going to be accessible to the end user. And that's the first time that we've ever done that in our history. Um, We created Area by Edward Fields to honor um, Edward Fields coining the term Area Rug. Um, in the 1950s, and um, this is a product that we're going to launch in the spring, but it's going to be ready-made, stocked in the U.S. And so that, you know, that was a, a I, I think that was definitely a um, product of the pandemic and realizing that our process needs to adapt. There are some clients that want to ha- be able to have our product, but uh, not go through the entire customization process. So um, that's one way that we we definitely changed the way we do things uh, and you know last question for you I'm sure I'm going to ask you to sort of put your you you've got you've got the crystal ball over here you've you've got you know sort of a sense of what's happening as far as taste and design goes mm-hmm. what are what are you predicting for design what is the state of design today what are some some trends and by the way when I say trends I don't mean trendy I mean, you know, trends in design. D- design always has to change. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can't stay the same. So trends are kind of like an indicator, you know, a forward-looking indicator of, of what we're gonna what we're gonna see even further down the line. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing? What are you predicting? No pressure, right? No pressure with that. Well, what what I'm I'm seeing right now, and I'm I'm seeing it across the board globally in our business is uh, and focus on mindfulness and making. Um, really sustainable, responsible decisions. 
And I know that, you know, the word sustainability is thrown around a lot and some people take it more seriously than others. But um, my hope and my prediction is that um, that will help our business because what we make is ultimately a very sustainable product. It's not a disposable product. It's an investment. You know, even our area line, while it will be accessible, it's still on the higher end. So we hope that people will really investigate what they're buying. Try, they want, will want to learn about the story behind the company, the fact that we have people working for a company that have been doing this 20, 30, 40, 50 years, the same company, and really believe in um, treating employees well, treating our factory workers very well, um, you know, every, every stage of the game caring and putting their passion into the product. Um, there's so much accessible right now, as you know, easily and expensively online. Um, but I, I do predict a return to more um, responsible choices. I, I love that. I think you're right. I know you're right. And I, I'm, I'm happy about that. So thank you. And thank you for the time today. This was great. Thank you so much. It was so, so nice to chat with you in person. <laughs> and I love this because before I hit the little red button, I always love that we get some time just to sort of chit chat and find out all the things that we have in common. Yeah, it is fun. Family in Arkansas, Pacific Northwest. Yeah. What the reason we're here face to face, which I love, is for Design Chicago at the Mart in Chicago. What does it feel like to be back in person? It is amazing to be back in person. All the energy, the vibe of Design Chicago has just been over the top. I, I it just, it feels like a family reunion. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. What, I've noticed that it really is amazing when you lose something, when you don't have it anymore, mm -hmm. then to come back to it and realize what it meant to you. What yeah. does what does an event like Design Chicago me mean to you as, as an individual, as a designer? As a designer, Design Chicago, means the world to me because I'm able to find the products that I need to source for my clients at my fingertips and it's all in one building as well as just the vibe and I think when designers get together and they collaborate that's where the magic happens. What has it been like has it been a surprise what you found because after not being back here so last year Design Chicago was virtual but the last time there was a live event was two years ago coming back did you find what you need did you were you surprised at what was available were you surprised at some of the new products the new products been over the top there are a ton of new products and yes I was surprised especially going through the pandemic I, I thought that I wouldn't see as much as I have as I've seen but it's been so exciting and also my new collection with Shayla Copas um, my fabric collection with Pollywood is upstairs, so it was cool to see that in person as well. I bet it is. I, tell me something. I bet that doesn't ever get old, where you walk in and actually get to see your work in person, where people you know that you don't know are walking over and touching it and looking at it. Yeah. It's got to be cool. It is, and no, it doesn't ever get old. You know, um, when my book came out, for seasons of entertaining, that feeling when it arrived and I got to touch it and hold it and look at it, that feeling that you just want to cry, but it, they're, they're good tears. That's that feeling that you get when you come and you see your products in person. 
And what I love too is that your experience. So you've got Pacific, you've got Pacific Northwest experience on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. You've got you know the 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 Arkansas. <laughs> How about Arkansas? How about Arkansas? South, Southern, or Midwest? Southern. Southern. Definitely Southern. Can you hear that twang? I, I can. Just a little bit. You know, it's really interesting. We were, we were talking about Midwest, Midwest design, and there is there is a thing to Midwest design. Midwesterners are there's there's more of a modesty. Yeah. And I was saying that there the hospitality between Midwesterners and Southerners is the same. Southerners are just more aggressive about it. That is, I never thought of it that way. That is absolutely right. We are more aggressive about it. <laughs> yes. Can I can I serve you some champagne? Would you like an hors d'oeuvre? And we're 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 you're absolutely right. But then when you're in Chicago, they're bringing the tray over very quietly and they're very subdued about it. But they're still they're still there and they're still offering their hospitality. Yeah, Midwestern Mid- Midwesterners are, are can I can I get you? Southerners are let me get you. <laughs> That's right. And I'm wondering, does that translate into your personality as it relates to design? In relation to design, the Southern aspect is definitely there because that's where I live. I'm from the Pacific Northwest, but most of my design aesthetic is very, I call it Southern glam. And and it also comes from my travels as well. Let's dig a little deeper on Southern glam. Okay. Because I'm loving that. Talk to me about the the through lines. Tell me about that. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Tell me about that. It's so funny. It's loud in here. And it's like for the first time, I'm, I'm back in a loud I place. I love <laughs> Isn't it. Isn't it nice, though, having yes. them in the background? And Yes. And that's, it's, it's funny you say that, too, because um, they said when we, we were recording here, they said, you know, do you, let's find you someplace quiet. Yes. And I said, please don't. <laughs> Put, I've had quiet. You want to show the excitement. I've had enough of quiet for the last two years. I am, I'm ready for, for, for some people. I was asking you about Southern Glam. Yes. And, the, and what that means. Southern Glam is a class. It, my design aesthetic, Southern Glam, is classic. But yet there's just a little bit of glamour added in. And, you, and you know, this Southern aesthetic is very classic and it, and, and it brings that feeling of hospitality but then you have the glam part of it. So you have Hollywood glam, right? Where everything, the glitz and the glamour, but the hospitality portion is added into the Southern glam. What have you seen here that you're absolutely crushing on now? Have you seen anything that's, that's really turning you on? I've seen a ton of things that are really turning me on. I, but we had so much fun. I was like a kid in the candy store at the Samuel and Son showroom with all the trims. She, she could barely, Michelle could barely get me out of there. She was just like, Shayla, we've got to go. But I, I don't know how many boomerangs I was doing in there with all the trims. <laughs> I love that. And, and I'm interested, knowing that, des- that clients are asking their designers for different things that they weren't asking for two years ago. Yes. I, I'm curious if Southern Glam has changed accordingly. Oh, I believe so. Definitely. People want to entertain, even though we went away from entertaining for an entire year. Now people are wanting to bring people back into their homes because they're missing that connection. Absolutely true. This was so great. Thank you for taking the time to sit down with me. Thank you so much. I had a wonderful time. 
I can always tell it's going to be fun when I say, so are there any questions? And you're like, (laughs) (laughs) we got this. We got got this. this. Design Chicago. We're here live. We're, We're covering all the events for these two days. What does it mean? What does this event mean? What is it? And it's so funny. It gives it a whole new meaning too. It's a whole new context. Like not just what does it mean, but what does it mean? What does it mean to be here? What does it mean to be back live again? What does it mean to be able to be in showrooms, touching feelings, seeing people, shaking hands, hugging, seeing old friends? What does an event like Design Chicago mean? That's a that's a multifaceted uh, question and and um, easy to answer. I, I have to say. Design Chicago has was just gaining traction in the best of ways before the pandemic. I mean, we were at the height of what Design Chicago was all about, uh, celebrating designers in the Midwest, um, product designers, architects, interior designers, landscape architects, and then the pandemic hit. And we've been without the look, the touch, the feel, the interaction for 18 months, and it's been devastating. It is beyond rewarding and inspirational to be back in the showrooms, back with our peers, and amongst you know the world of design to interact because that's what we're about. You know, we don't we don't we don't exist within a microcosm by ourselves. We need to constantly be influenced by things and people. So to be here is um, it's pretty special. And Chicago is such a strong design community that, you know, we all get along, we like each other, we, we collaborate. Um, so it, was, it felt very foreign and strange to be isolated for so long. So I think everyone was very excited to have events like this where we can see our peers and see friends in the mart. So it's, it's been long awaited, for sure. One of the things I noticed, too, I'm not from here. To have a design center like this, within the building, like this, in this environment where you got the L, you got the trains crossing at the front, you got the bridges going up, you got the boats going through. This is a vibrant, artistic, inspirational city. And I imagine too, that there's whole new meaning with, when it comes to creativity. <clears throat> and and what you get out of an event like this. Yeah, without question. Um, and it's a chance, I tell you, for us to come together and um, revisit those showrooms that we haven't had a chance to within the prior year. Um, you know, the Merchandise Mart is at the center of Chicago, really. I mean, it's downtown. It's on the river, obviously. The L tracks are going by. Uh, this is the heart of Chicago. And with that comes all the showrooms that we love to support. And so to be here and to engage with old friends and find new friends is, um, is pretty special, would you say? Yeah. Okay, how, so knowing that, how has the, how has the business changed? And, and I know it's a loaded question, that is a big question, but I feel like one of the things, one of the, the places where the value is in events like this, is that it gives an opportunity to reconnect with your peers, to reconnect with you know other designers, architects, other manufacturers, um, showroom managers, other people, the media, 
and really talk about, hey, what have you been doing? What are you seeing? I got this product. I can't get it. Do you have you have do you have any experience respecifying anything? You know, what are you hearing? What's come in? What are you having trouble getting? What are you what are you using to replace that? How how are you using this experience for that? How has the business changed, and how are you adapting? I will say that this is you know an age of. Uh, Internet. Obviously, we're living in an age of multimedia, and it's internet, and we use it more than ever, right? Uh, but the mart still exists for that tactile element. We might start a design process or a presentation with sourcing online. It's very normal for us nowadays. Uh, but there's nothing like going to a showroom and talking with either the designer at hand of the piece that's there, the showroom manager, and seeing pieces in the flesh. Um, there's just nothing can replace it. Um, and I will say that we have clients that demand to come to a place like this to feel and touch and look and see. Yeah. But I do think there's been a pivot to yeah. using technology in a way that we never thought we could before. You know, having Zoom meetings with clients. I mean, who knew what Zoom was before the pandemic, right? And now it's, uh, you know, at least it's every day or at least once a week. So, you know, we've done projects where we didn't need the client to come into the office. We could do Zoom. We could present things via electronically that we never thought we could before. So that has been a pivot and a change. But to James' point, we're still... There's nothing like meeting in person, touching, feeling, especially the industry that we're in. But technology has definitely worked to our advantage during the last you know year and a half. Right. And I will say that the showrooms during the pandemic really stepped up. They they engaged with designers outside the mart in any way they could. So if you needed samples, if you needed tear sheets, if you needed spec sheets, they were right there and happy to to oblige. And again, just keeps you engaged with the merchandise mart. Well, it's interesting, too. I mean, still, there is no substitute for a sit test. Never, never. You know what's fascinating, though, when you're talking about new tools, Zoom and, and Microsoft and, and Google Office and, and SketchUp and, and SketchUp yes. and Basecamp. And yes, Basecamp. Basecamp. We use Basecamp. Good. Microsoft Teams, we use that, yes. And Tom hates Basecamp. <laughs> do, do you? Yeah. Look, you know what's funny is you hate all of it until you need it. Yeah. And it's like, oh gosh, thank goodness I have Yes. It. But here's what's interesting too. So there was this mass exodus for the most part from all of these major cities. And it's not like, and at the same time, clients needed designers more than ever because now it's like, okay, well, I'm moving out of Chicago, but I'm going to Kansas City or I'm going to St. Louis or I'm going to one of these other smaller cities where you can have a little bit more space, where it's it's not so crowded, where you, you have an opportunity. And designers, you don't want to lose your clients to a local designer in St. Louis or Kansas City. And so I feel like creators, creatives, architects, designers, you guys have have had to learn how to do what you do in a completely different way. And now that it's changing back to more of a re reality situation, you still have clients who, who are like, I kind of like living oh, in Denver. Absolutely. We've, we've found a hybrid for sure. So that not every meeting has to be in person. 
uh, but maybe some of those initial schematic meetings can be via Zoom or via Teams. Uh, but the meetings that, that we feel still are a priority in terms of in-person would be anytime that we're looking at materials, fabrics, you know, actual rugs, textiles, you name it. Um, we need an in-person meeting. But you're right, it's definitely a hybrid these days of in-person versus, versus Zoom, which is exciting, which means that, you know, we've always done out-of-town projects, but now we can even do them more and more efficiently because we don't have to fly out to Montana. We don't have to fly out to Colorado. Um, we can have a meeting in our office with a client in Colorado, which is great. Yeah. I think there's two different ways of doing this, too, and I want to find out how, how you're handling this. There is remotely and there is virtually, right? Have you, have you crafted, adapted a process for, for how you work with clients who have properties, you know, that they're working on out of town? Because, look, if, there's, if the budget's big enough, travel's no problem, right? And who wouldn't want to go spend some time this summer in Aspen? Right. Right. right? right. But that's not always doable. So because we have this new toolbox with all of these tools in it, have you have you crafted a way that that works for you internally that that you can then replicate with consistency? Yeah, we actually started a, a e-based design platform that we um, offered to clients who are from out of town who had smaller budgets or smaller projects, and um, it's it hasn't been as as successful. Or I guess that's maybe the right word is it's not as easy and as streamlined as we thought it was going to be. We still need to meet more frequently, or not necessarily in person, because this one we did one project in Baltimore. We never met with the person. We did everything remotely, and um, but it just didn't happen as quickly as we thought it could possibly right. when we created it. And um, we're, we're actually sort of moving away from it because yeah. it doesn't. It wasn't as successful as right. we thought it would I, be. Don't, I, don't you feel too that I that half of the fun of being a designer is meeting with clients and engaging and having that personal aspect of the project that to do a solely based yeah. online project was not very rewarding and uh, and that's not what we're in the business of doing. And but to, to further answer your question. You know, we have come up with a process with out-of-town projects where I think the initial meeting, seeing the house or the site, is always crucial. But then from then on, with the exception of maybe some on-site meetings, if it's new construction, a walkthrough before drywall, um, a majority of our meetings can be held virtually. Um, so it's... it's Which is different than what we have had thought originally. In previous projects, we would fly out of town you know, a lot to do these jobs. And yes. we just finished a big job and it was all during the pandemic. And we only went out there three times for a, you know, 10,000 square foot house from head to toe, new construction. That's different because we realized we can do a lot virtually. Yeah. That being said, two-parter here. What are you guys absolutely crushing on right now that you're seeing? What's, what's new? And, and I say this because part of the whole, you know, not having events, not having Salone, not having Maison, not having all of these events domestically didn't stop everyone from doing their R&D. It didn't stop anyone from doing projects. It didn't, you know, crafting new, pro new product projects. 
so then all of a sudden we're doing these events it's like here's what's new here's what's new here's what's new it's it's a little it's kind of staggering to see all it is a little overwhelming and so i'm curious what you're seeing that you absolutely love and the other part of that is what are clients asking you for now that maybe they weren't asking you for before we are seeing the constant need for personality clients want spaces that are personal that have provenance that um, would have a story, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that we are, especially here in the Midwest, um, gone are the days of grayish interiors. Um, they want color, they want excitement, and they want furniture and furnishings that have a story. Um, plus, with the pandemic has come a shortage of supply, as we all know, right? So we're, we're looking more and more, thank goodness, to antiques and vintage pieces. Um, and there's a resurgence in brown furniture, um, which we're embracing. And it's, it's a matter of how you work with it. There's also an, an embracing right now of natural fibers and textures and wall treatments, you know, whether it be wall covering or Venetian plaster or a beautiful glamise, you know, panel in a bar. You know, we're seeing a lot of personality in spaces, which we're psyched about. Right? And we're also turning to a lot of our local workrooms. Totally. You know, we, we used totally. to try to get product from all over the country, all over the world. And, you know, with lead time and supply chain, we have are turning a lot more towards our great Chicago local workrooms. Right. So that for that for us for us that means designing a lot of custom pieces, having them made here. Anything that we can control here in Chicago uh, is a winner winner. Winner, winner, winner. You can control yes. it. You can design it. You can have it worked on here, yes, so you right. don't have to have. Yes, we're not relying on overseas delivery. Regardless of, even if it's not overseas, if it, even if it's from Southern California, oh my gosh, or even if it's right. from Washington State, you know, it's, it's still... The shipping. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Listen, thank you very much for welcome. the time, you guys. This was this was really great. A pleasure I, speaking with you. you. Likewise. I love what you're doing, and thank, um, you. thank you for sort of guiding me through Design Chicago. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Christopher, Tom, James, Shayla, and Ariana. It was so much fun sitting down with you in person, which will now be the norm again, hopefully. And I promise not to take that for granted again in the future. Thank you to our partners and Curated Chill sponsors like Fiber Seal Northeast. And thank you for listening to this episode of Curated Chill, the Aspire Design and Home podcast, the perfect podcast companion for anyone who truly loves design, art, and architecture. We strive to bring you the story behind Sublime Design every week directly to your smart device. I'm Josh Cooperman, Director of Broadcast Media for Hudson One Media, inviting you to listen, subscribe, and come back to chill.